The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. To Reality, a pop culture, current affairs, and LGBT news-oriented panel discussion series that's dedicated to you. Here are your hosts, Dominion Onyx, Carl Anthony, John Sebastian, and Legionnaire. Good evening and welcome to Reality, exclusively on Poppy Chulo Radio. Today is Thursday, March 31st, 2016, and it's time for another heaping helping of pop culture on demand from your favorite radio station and mine, poppychuloradio.com. Yes! Yes, darling, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, how's everyone doing today? We are fabulous. I'm doing really, really, really good. I heard you. I heard you out there on the West Coast. You know, breaking hearts and taking names. I am today. I am report. I am recording from the West Coast. Oh, hallelujah! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I heard. Where, where, where on the West Coast are you? I am in San Francisco currently. Oh well, you know, I heard there's nothing in San Francisco but steers and queers, and I don't see no horns, boy. Well, hey, what can I tell you? <laughs> 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 if you name it, if you name it, I'll claim it. <laughs> if you grab right. it, I'll grab it. <laughs> Speaking of steers, uh, <laughs> is that John Sebastian I hear? Yes, it is. Mm. How are yes. you, darling? I'm good. I heard you was a stud. Well, you know, I don't brag, but yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't black. I don't brag. I'm bragged about. Right. <laughs> I don't. I don't request. I am requested. Exactly. I don't, <laughs> I don't read. Said. I'm read too. Uh, wait. Let's not. Let's not get look. Let's not get carried away. Uh, <laughs> I don't request people. People request me. Oh. Somebody. I don't somebody drive. Said it about I'm an driven. hour ago. <laughs> mm. uh, I don't drive. I'm driven. Right. <laughs> well. Just like he was in Las Vegas, it appears that Carl Anthony is missing in action. <gasps> oh my God. I was hoping that girl would be on the show today because I could read her so I could read her for ditching me uh when I was in Las Vegas this past weekend. No, she didn't actually ditch me. I didn't even call her. Oh. But she knew I was coming because we had that conversation. Absolutely, I remember. Mm. <laughs> so, so you were in I'm Vegas. Not Excuse me? You were in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. I was. And yeah. how was it? It was wonderful. We went to see a show. <laughs> we we saw some stunts. Uh, <laughs> I saw a Batman versus Superman. I saw Ooh. a Zumanity, which mm-hmm. was really good. Zumanity is the adults only Cirque du Soleil show. Uh, really? Fabulous. Yeah. It is fabulous it is it was a really good show the seats were kind of small though wouldn't you say legionnaire yeah yeah 
I would say so. If you had two broad-shouldered people, male or female, sitting next to one another, <laughs> you all were fighting. Yes. Yes. So uh, yes. there was that, but the show itself was really good. The um, the men in it were mostly hot. You know, even some, even if some of them might not have been your particular type, all of the men in the show were good looking. And, you know, the women, you know, some of the women weren't bad either. I mean, I don't want to be dismissive of it, but you know, I honestly was not focusing on them too much. Except for the three, uh, the two, um, the two women in the clear tub in the beginning making out that was kind of hot i was like oh yeah 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 i remember yeah that was kind of that was kind of sexy and going on so john <laughs> sebastian basically they had this huge um uh bowl essentially that was completely see-through and these women had on nothing but a g-string and they were cavorting all over one another. And they were all slick and wet and slippery and moist and just sliding all around and over one another. It was very erotique. Uh-huh. Yes. So did they have know. two did they have two men doing that? Not in the pool, uh, but they did have some um they definitely had a couple of scenes with a man-on-man action. There was an orgy Mm -hmm. scene with couplings of various and sundry uh, types, you know, man-on-man, woman-on-woman, man-on-woman. And then they had a a couple of scenes that were a little, they had a, a, not a little, you know, quite a uh, BDSM kick flare. This dude came out with this whip and you know, he was cracking the whip and these dudes was in a cage and, you know, it was interesting because the one guy was supposed was clearly supposed to represent a more feminine man and, uh-huh. you know, the other guy was you know, supposed to be masculine quote unquote. And, you know, so in our patriarchal society we extend those heterosexist norms even amongst gay men so everyone would assume that this you know tall skinny um lithe little creature in the high heels would have been a submissive one but he was Mm -hmm. whipping this dude all (laughs) over the stage it was hot as shit yes yes okay Hmm. And I bought a fabulous uh, fossil Q watch. You know, I just was walking down. And I was like, hmm, that looks lovely. And it's my birthday. So I'm going to buy me a goddamn watch. Ooh, okay. That's how you do that. Yes. And I bought a timeshare. So. Oh, you want a timeshare? Yes. One of those Hilton Grand Vacations. Because, you know, that's how I got to Vegas. When I was yeah. in Atlanta back at the end of the year, I. <laughs> I called Hilton because I was a Hilton Honors member, but I couldn't remember my number because if you put in your number, you got free Wi-Fi. And I was in Atlanta for seven days, so I needed that free Wi-Fi. And while I was on the phone, he was like, you want to come to Vegas? It'll only cost you $150, three nights and four days. I was like, sure. You know, that gives me something for me and my sister to do for the holidays. And then we upgraded and got this fabulous suite. And so... I had already had a very positive um, view of timeshares, so it wasn't it wasn't as hard a sell at, for me as it was for some of the other people. But I was prepared to walk out of there with nothing with nothing because you know the down payment was a significant sum. 
Uh-huh. And then, because, you know, they save it to the end because, you know, they, it'll look better for them if they can get you to put the full down payment down. But I was getting ready to get up, and he was like, oh, well, you can split this payment up over six months. I was like, sold. <laughs> you going to ask me to plop down... Um, $4,500 right on this spot. Yeah. I'm like, that's not happening. But if right. you say you could split that up over six months uh, as the down payment, then I'm like, well, we can do that. Right. And that's a car note for people with bad credit. Right. right. Well, not quite, but yeah. Um, <laughs> well, right. But yeah, so I, I did that. And in six months, I'll start being able to take advantage of it. So you know what that means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Road trip, bitch. Yes, and because not only that, I mean, I, I mean, you give your, you're going to be giving your liver a rest is what it boils down to. You what? Mm-hmm. You'll be giving your liver a rest is what it boils down to. I mean, because isn't, isn't that about your alcohol budget? Isn't that about your alcohol budget for the month? Child, you I you been to my house, you know I got a whole wall full of liquor. It's basically uh it's one, it's not gonna affect my alcohol budget at all. But when they showed me so we had a cute suite, so we had a two bed and two bath suite, which I just assumed was gonna be two rooms that were the mirror image of one another. So my sister puts her key in one door and I put my key in the other. And I walk into my room and it's it's cute. It's got floor to ceiling uh, mirrors. There's a king size bed with a tufted leather headboard. It was a little kitchenette all to the left and a lovely red sofa that pulled out and it was cute. And then I heard my sister even through the door gasp. And then so I was like, she opened the door between the two suites and bitch. Oh, I walked into the other room, same floor to ceiling mirrors, but this has a full kitchen with a bar, uh, with a peninsula bar for four, um, a stainless steel double door refrigerator, a four burner stove. It's got a section, a red sectional sofa and a credenza and the room itself is larger. So the floor to ceiling a mirror a window is actually larger then i go into the bath to the bedroom it's the same uh king size bed but there's also a hot tub built for four people in in the room with the bed then there's a shower stall built for at least one and a half people and there's a washer and dryer underneath the sink where uh in, in the bathroom and then they had blackout blinds that came down in the room that you press a button. And in the big suite, that blackout blind also was attached to a projector so you could watch the TV on a 30-foot screen, bitch. I, so, so I said to my sister, Switch. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering if you hollered Switch. <laughs> of course. I paid for this whole thing. I I paid. I owed her. I had owed her some money from when I was unemployed. So I was like, we're going to fly first class and, you know, we're going to have us a lovely old time out here in Vegas. So I was like, well, I get the bigger room, of course. Plus, I'm older. Mm. Right. And she's used to it. I mean, you know, she's passive enough that she wouldn't have fought it. So, like, if you and I had been brothers, it would have been a fight. And then, you know, I'd have had to hold you down and fart on your head or something. But for her, I was just like, uh, I'm taking the larger room. And she was like, okay, whatever. So. Okay. Wow. Fart on my head. Gee, thanks. That's an image. (laughs) 
I will say, and I don't want to sound bougie, but uh-huh. first class on American Express on um, um, American Airlines is kind of basic. Mm. I felt like I was, I felt like I was really in economy plus. I mean, yes, it was only the seats were technically wider, but the console between the two seats was so wide that it really wasn't a particularly wide seat. There was no power outlets on either the flight to or from. They didn't give me no hot towel, you know. So I was just this is bullshit. Ooh. Well, part well, part of it is when because they when they merge with US Air. Um, they Americans first class used to be phenomenal. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Indeed. You know, uh, I'm telling you, flying to Hawaii first class. Oh my damn! Um, but once they merged with US Air, I think that their their first class, their domestic first class program went downhill a little bit. Oh, okay. they took the they took US Air's model of first class domestically. Along with a couple other things that they shouldn't have, but that's just me. Well, because when I flew on United First Class uh, last year, I flew, we flew uh, to the Dominican Republic, and I had also flown to Hawaii on United, and that was lovely. Yeah, mm-hmm. seats were wide, there were power outlets. Now there was unlimited liquor on the flight, so you know that sort of you know <laughs> that made up for it. Yeah, I was fine with it ultimately. <laughs> but, um, it just wasn't the same level of refinement from United versus American. Right. And then, of course, there was this family that got on the plane at the last minute and that took up most of the first class seats. It was two adults, well, three adults, so two um, adults, the grandmother, three children. Uh, one of whom was special needs and two nannies. So one nanny was for the special needs child, so she stayed with him the whole time. But the other two kids were sitting in first class. The little boy was fine because he had his little um, Game Boy or whatever, and he didn't say a thing the whole trip. The little girl Mm. was kicking seats and screaming and couldn't control herself or whatever, and this child was... I guess he was probably two and a half or three, but I was like, put this bitch in the back. You know, we all paid extra money to be to afford to be quiet. And she was kicking the seat. Luckily, she was kicking the seat of the nanny. And she was sitting in front of me, not behind me, because if she had been sitting behind me and kicking my chair, it'd have been a bad misunderstanding on that plane. Well, yeah. I, no, it wouldn't have been a bad misunderstanding. They would have just given you your money back or put them off the damn plane. That's mm. mm. Right. I feel like. They were either very late for the flight because they literally got on just for the doors closed or they bought their tickets at the last minute. And that had to have been a lot to buy one coach ticket and six first class tickets at the last minute. Because I don't think first class, there's no discount for children in first class. There is not. There is not. Whatever. Anywho, I had a lovely time, and I went to Gordon Ramsay's uh, restaurant called Burger. Uh-huh. No, it was how was that? Delicious. Now, you know, I was ready if it was terrible, because, you know, I was ready to tweet his ass. You know, he always on TV, you know, giving these cooks guff, and then I'm like, did you want... 
you know, the burger is like the ba most basic form, and you gonna fuck a burger up, but he did not. That burger was excellent. Mm. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so, overall, I had a wonderful time. So, did you all do anything mm. uh, fun? I will be looking forward to hearing your adventures in San Francisco. Oh, absolutely. We um, we we did get out to the Eagle on Sunday, and it was uh, quite the experience. Uh, we did that, have, uh, that festive, but it was definitely a lot of fun. And um, like dark room festive, or no, 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 not dark room festive, but pr but pretty close. Wow! And we did Napa Valley yesterday, which was a lot of fun. Oh, yes! And and today the princess and I went and saw BVS. Oh, yes. So we we got our we got our movie on today. Okay. Uh, well, y'all know what I did. <laughs> y'all so, know what I did. So I'm still recovering. So did you have anything else to add, Legionnaire? Um, no. The 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 princess definitely enjoyed the movie. She um, had the good time and. Um, was thrilled to uh, see Wonder Woman on the screen. Yes, as we all were. Yes. When uh, Doomsday threw her ass across the room and she was like, yes, that's right. What I right, exactly. She gave that grin like, ooh, yeah, come on, bitch. <laughs> exactly. She gave a old uh, Vera from, uh, what was that, Hall of Nights. Hall of Nights, right. Like, that's how I like it. <laughs> let's, oh. let's, let's get it on let's get it on <laughs> exactly. like oh you've been fucking around I ain't oh, been in a good fight all year long right <laughs> in a century actually yes <sighs> I feel like we could have a whole show just talking about what we did and didn't like about Batman versus Superman but we you know what we could will take 30 seconds for you to say what you liked and what you didn't like. Um, okay. I, I, I loved Wonder Woman. I, mm -hmm. That gave me everything. I The thing that I didn't like is that they tried to shoehorn so much into the movie. I, yes. I, they, they were trying to do too much. That That's my, that's my biggest quibble. Because uh, I think the story could have been better if they hadn't tried to throw so much shit in. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, that was one of my biggest quibbles. Also, all of these goddamn flashbacks and dream sequences. And, you know, this is one of those movies. Everybody that's going to see Batman versus Superman, you know, isn't super deep into the comics. Right. So a lot of the flashbacks or, you know, even some of the stuff about the other metahumans. Like, you know, I know who the fuck... I mean, you had to be stupid to not to know who um, Jason Momoa was as... Um, Aquaman. As Aquaman and The Flash. But I did not know that that was Cyborg. And then the whole thing about Apocalypse. And, you know, that I, I feel like that was a level of knowledge that everybody didn't have. And so there were a lot of call-outs and just so much going on. And that whole Martha thing pissed me off. <laughs> well, it was like they were trying to beat you over the head with the fact that yes, this is a lead into the Justice League film. Yes, guess right. what? This is going to get you to Justice League. Hey, if you pay attention to all this, you'll see the beginnings of the Justice League. And it's like, okay, right. we get it. We get it. 
And the last thing I'll say is, um, why isn't Batman's entire uniform made out of whatever the cowl is made out of? Right. Because he took a shot straight to the dome and didn't even flinch. But this motherfucker managed, the same dude managed to stab him two seconds later. I was like, what? Exactly. That doesn't make sense to me. So, anti snooch. <laughs> hey, kid, are you going to see it at some point, John Sebastian? Nope. Not that kind of movie. Okay. Well, <laughs> well that's that. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot to get to today, so I think we should get it into it. What do you say? Absolutely. You know, um, we don't like to be negative Nancys here at uh, Reality, but, you know, sometimes things happen and we just have to, you know, roll with the punches. So, does anyone, has anyone heard of Daniel Shaver? No, I can't say that I have. That's, that's, yeah. So moments before, uh, so this is a story from Gawker. Uh, moments before a Mesa, Arizona police officer killed Daniel Shaver with five shots from an AR-15, Shaver was on all fours pleading with officers not to shoot him, according to a newly po- newly released police report. Shaver was staying at a Mesa La Quinta Inn on a work trip when he was killed. He, uh, according to the police report, the officers who responded to a report of someone pointing a gun out of Shaver's fifth floor window asked Shaver and the woman he was with to exit the room. Shaver exited, then raised his hand and dropped to his knees. An officer told him to lay on the ground, and he did. He was, quote, obviously compliant and offered no resistance at that point, the report reads. Then Shaver was ordered to put his hands behind his head, cross his legs, and not move. If he moved, the officer told him, he would be considered a threat and, quote, may not survive it. The woman then, the officers then ordered the woman shavers were what Shaver was with to crawl towards them and ordered Shaver back to a kneeling position. If you do that again, we'll shoot you. Do you understand? An officer asked him, apparently referencing Shaver's failure to immediately raise his hands as he kneeled. No, please don't shoot me, Shaver replied. At this time, um, according to the report, he began sobbing. Officers ordered Shaver to crawl toward him, and he complied, audibly sobbing as he did so. As he crawled, he briefly moved his hand toward his waist and back t- toward his body, and Officer Brailsford began shooting. Quote, the movement of Shaver's right arm in the recording was a very similar motion to someone drawing a pistol from their waistband, the report reads. However, the report continues, Shaver's underwear were clearly visible and it appears his shorts had fallen partway down his leg. Shaver's motion was consistent with attempting to pull his shorts up as they were falling off. So remember what we talked about last week, Legionnaire? About your whiteness not being, uh, you know, very soon will not be a protection against the police state. Yes, exactly. We're already there. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. This kid. Oh, so here's 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 uh, an extra little piece. Um, BuzzFeed News notes that Laney Sweet Shaver's widow 
recorded a conversation with in which a prosecutor told her she could view the body camera footage from the police officer, but only if she did not speak to the media about it. She declined and uploaded audio of the conversation to YouTube. I feel like uh, Mrs. Uh, Sweet is going to, you know, come into a large sum of money very soon. Very it's soon. very sad yes. that she had to mm -hmm. come by it this way. Exactly. It's terrible. So just so I'm clear, mm -hmm. he did exactly what they told him to do. They he sure did. And in an effort to not be even more embarrassed by his pants falling off, right. they looked at. Okay, I just this motherfucker was in his underwear. Okay, right. so and they said they thought he had a rifle, a rifle. Where in his underwear was he going to put a rifle? Unless he was John Holmes, I have no Unless, idea. Right. And even John Holmes wasn't as big as a rifle. Right. And, okay, so the guy uh, pointing a gun out the window was um, a friend who uh, had come to the hotel room with Shaver and this other woman to talk about something and apparently he did point um, a gun out of the window. For some reason, he was showing it to, to them because he worked for Walmart and um, he his job was apparently to kill birds that made their way into the store. And it's apparently it's true. Apparently, the, uh, that particular Walmart does employ people to shoot and kill the birds. Seems a bit of overkill. You're in the Walmart, all of a sudden someone starts shooting. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. That's neither here nor there. Yeah, we'll just dash over that. But if you thought this person had a gun, once you had this man on the ground, because they ordered him to lay flat on the ground, face mm -hmm. down. If you thought he had a gun, I feel like the first thing you should have done was cuff this motherfucker. Right. Or, or, or frisked him. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. How about that? I mean, that's basic police work. Ugh, Jesus, okay. I'm sorry. So here's another story about white people that'll make you feel good. <laughs> okay. So there's this dude, Stephen Grand. He's upset because everyone, no one takes him seriously because he's a uh, good. He says, uh, "What did he say? I'm not so bad." People have such incredibly low expectations of me that I just need to show up for my performances. I need not be terrible and people will be impressed. Uh, I'm such an easy target. Good, young, good looking white gay men. We love to hate those people and we're supposed to be upset for him. He has, a, you know, a really nice body and, you know, the world is his oyster and he talks. Um, he is sort of synonymous with this all-American boy um, thing and I guess we're supposed to be we're supposed to be um, sympathetic to him because people aren't taking him seriously oh I'm crushed I, yeah I'm, I'm just I am so devastated that I have no words in which to describe the devastation of the devastation that I feel. I'm with you there. I mean, it's terrible. What a terrible life he lives. You know, the devastation of the dev the, the devastating devastation that mm -hmm. he is forced to under 
It, oh, poor baby. What? Oh, no. poor thing. Poor little Tank Tank. Mm-hmm. Now that we've gotten that out the way. Right. Is this motherfucker I... for real? Yeah. Okay. All right, girls. <laughs> right. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay, girl. You Whatever. If, if that's what it takes to get you through the night, baby. All right. right. All right. So, next bit of foolishness. USA Today, according to USA Today, 25,000 people have signed a petition to allow guns at the Republican National Convention. What say you, Legionnaire? Why? What say you, John Sebastian? I say let them do it. <laughs> I'm on the same page with you. I say go for it. I was like, yes. Yes. Please. Please. I, I feel like you should I, I feel like you should not only allow guns I feel like you should give a gun to everyone that should be like in the welcome packet I think mm. it should be a requirement mm-hmm. you have to have a gun in order to attend the Republican National Convention and when all of those people who are pissed off that they're trying to take this nomination away from Donald Trump realize they have a gun and these fools start shooting on the floor it's going to be a bloodbath now all you need to do is let all of the Latinos and blacks that's working behind the scene know to stay off the floor. Right, mm. baby, don't, this is your time. I mean, you behind work behind the, the scenes, you work behind the scenes, but you let all the white people go out and mingle amongst the people. And all of those Republicans will actually be fine with that because they don't want to see you anyway. So that's fine. You can work in the kitchen. You can make all the plates. You can do all of that. You can clean the toilets. You can do whatever it is you need to do. Just don't be out front because it's about to be it's about to jump off. Right. Wow. I'm going to advise you to take your break right now. Right. <laughs> This would be a good time for you to take a break. I'm not saying the per- honey. If if ever there was a moment for you to take a break, it is now. Mm. I'm this right here. What would you think if you took your break at this moment so that you don't get shot on the floor right. in Cleveland? See, so, yeah, no, uh-uh. yeah, yeah. I'm gonna need it. Mm-mm, no. Yeah, like I said, I, I just, that would, I don't, see, that's what I don't understand. All of these, Second Amendment, I believe in gun rights, you know, folks are the first ones to say, but I don't want them in my office building. Do you know that you cannot take a gun into the NRA office building in Fairfax, Virginia? <laughs> well, well, no, 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 no. I, 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 I would be the first, well, I wouldn't be the first one because they're shooting my black ass on sight, but... <laughs> They're the main ones talking about, well, you should be able to carry a gun in the Starbucks. Thank you. But, okay, wait, this gets better. You can't carry, you know, all these Second Amendment folks, you know, you can't carry a gun into the con- in, into Congress. Right. You can't carry it into Capitol. You know, it's like, really? I, but I, th- I thought that, you know, we should be able to open carry anywhere. The same folks who don't want you to open carry in the legislature, you know, in the Texas legislature are are all for teachers and students, mind you, carrying guns in Texas universities. Something about this does not add up. Mm. Girl. I'm just saying. All right, last, uh, last thing on uh, the round table. So, y'all have heard of the play Hamilton. 
<laughs> yes. Yes. So yes, yes. Hamilton was accused of discrimination for an open casting call seeking, quote, non-white actors. Okay. I don't really know what else to say about that, but I'll just ask you what uh what the thought what your thoughts are. Um when there's a problem, let me know. Cause I'm not hearing the problem. <laughs> Honey, as they said in the comments, don't people only care because Hamilton is the hottest Broadway show and you are therefore allegedly taking the miles potentially out of white uh taking the money out of you know white actors' mouths allegedly. Okay. And you know, I want to play devil devil's advocate just for a quarter of a second, even though I think it's ultimately bullshit. In in a world where everyone was completely equal, yes, but we don't live in that world. I mean, and this play is specifically about turning what we think we know about one of the founding fathers on its head and it's told from the perspective of a hip hop uh well it's told from an urban a black and latino urban perspective therefore if you are not black or latino i guess maybe they say non non-white so asian or whatever then this ain't for you well girl go audition for cats or some shit i don't know whatever whatever the latest every other play that's out there um, go audition for that. So I guess I can't. I, you know, again, I just can't stomach these continued cries of reverse racism. Reverse racism is not a thing. It's thank not. You. Let's, it is let's not start, a thing. Let's Stop start it. Let's, let's 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 learn the true definition of racism and understand that black people cannot be racist. Racism cannot be perpetrated against white folks. It doesn't exist. Read your fucking dictionary. Basic. It's very, very basic. Honey, there's no, there's, there's no basis for this complaint. None. So let, let's let it go. Move along. There are plenty of other things that you can audition for without auditioning for this particular play. There are hundreds and hundreds of other productions out there for you to be a part of. Move along. There's no problem here. There really isn't. Let's stop making a mountain out of a molehill that doesn't even exist. But I'm white. Whatever. I'm white. I am white. There is nothing in this world that should be um, that, that is not mine. Honey, that is yeah. not something that I can. I should have access to everything. I and should the, have <laughs> access to everything. In the words of my good girlfriend, get off the hamster wheel of your white privilege. Oh. And I don't care. <laughs> I I'm want it. Saying. This is something that I want. <laughs> People in hell want fair that I can't have it. It's not mm. fair. Mm. Okay. Very good. Oh. 
Well, again, like you said, <laughs> Legionnaire. Uh, <laughs> oh. Get off the hamster wheel of your white print. Okay, I'm stealing that. And number two, of all the things, you know, it's, do we not remember? I mean, you know, there was, it has not been 20 years when Jesus Christ Superstar came out. Uh, well, they did a revamp of it and they wanted um, Carl Anderson, God rest his soul, to mm. be Jesus. Mm. Folks had a fit and a half. Wow, I forgot about that. Yeah. You know, let's let's talk, you know, and, and, and at least on Broadway, they're getting more uh, colorblind. Uh, they're doing, they do better colorblind casting. Uh, mm. But I know that when they introduced, oh crap, my brain just went dead. Um, Norm Lewis as Javert, Javert in um, mm -hmm. Les Mis, you know, these same folks, a black man can't be Javert, you know? So it's like, all right, you can't have it both ways. Right. You know, right. if black men can't play leading parts on Broadway, then damn it, don't be mad. And you know, and then that takes me back to this whole when they did the Wiz live. You know, folks saying there were no white mm -hmm. people. You know, and right. and you know, and there were white people in the production, which was funny. It's like, okay, no, they are not lead, <laughs> they are not lead players because a, the role is not meant for them. But I'm sure that you know, if Robin Thicke had auditioned to be, and I mean, he's the whitest black. I'm sorry, no, better yet, if Justin Timberlake. Had auditioned to be the Scarecrow, mm. you know, if they had cast him, it would have been okay. But that was not a role written for him, you know. Right. And, and then I go back to where, you know, let's let's be honest. It ain't been but in the past forty years that black folks actually get shows on Broadway. Yes, <laughs> you know, let, for fifty years because Pearl Bailey did Hello Dolly, but you know, I mean, and you know, there were smatterings here and there, but it's not like. Black folks are not taking over Broadway. Let's, you know, get off the cross. I need the wood. Oh, Son Sebastian. Yes. I'm white and I want this. <laughs> People in hell want ice water. They ain't getting it. So, uh, you gonna be all right, boo-boo. <laughs> That's just bullshit. This is fucking bullshit. And you still don't have the role. <laughs> it's bullshit. <laughs> Goddamn bullshit. And you still don't have the role. <laughs> oh, I'm going to tell my mom. <laughs> well, you know, when you tell her, tell her to call me. That was... Mm. <laughs> right. I, I'll be more than I will be more than happy to talk to her. Mm -hmm. Uh, any snooch. <laughs> you couldn't even keep that shit up. That's that's I know, right. Now it's uh, it, let's do a deeper dive into a few subjects and let's get into some hot topics. Y'all ready? I let's do am it. ready. Let's. You do know it. what we need? Uh, we need some transitional music for each one of these segments. So <laughs> we're gonna have to come up something with like hot topics. <laughs> oh, no. I think that might be it. <laughs> Everyone say it with me. Three, two, one. Hot, Hot topics. topics. 
John Sebastian, uh, you're up first with um, tell you know tell us why we're un why, why some of these hoes are unhappy. Well, this article this article hit home with me. Um, Lamar Dawson, who is a publicist and humanist as well as a cupcake enthusiast, uh, wrote an article on Huffington Post entitled "For Simple Reasons You're Un You're an Unhappy Gay." Now, he wrote it back in the summer of 2014. And he, you know, and he basically says, you know, he asked the question, why are gay men so unhappy? And he comes up with four simple, correctable things that are preventing us. And he includes himself. And I include me in a, at least one of these um, mm -hmm. from living happier lives. The first reason is we put too much pressure on ourselves. And we do, you know. Um, you know, it's nothing wrong with setting goals, but being driven, you know, but, to, you know, but to basically go above and beyond, excuse me, um, you know, it's, uh, excuse me, I am so sorry. Um, you got to just do things at your own pace. You don't have, you know, stop being so, so willing to and, and, and driven to get the validation of others. Um, the second reason is we're in the wrong squad. This is the one that caused me to sit down and stop. Um, is it me or did some gay men watch me and girls and take it a little too seriously? If the people around you are mean and miserable and make you feel like crap, it's time to recast. Surround yourself with inspiring, upbeat people who bring sunshine into your life and feed your soul. Also, recognize who your friends are and what role they play in your life. Know who your going out friends are and who your I'm going through a hard time and need someone to talk to friends are. Mm. The third reason is we're afraid of love. Ask yourself this and answer it honestly. Do you have love in your life? Most of us have functioned without it for most of our lives. We didn't get it from our families. Our friends are fun to go out with, but we don't feel connected to them. All our romantic relationships ended before we even thought about uttering the words, or we were so afraid of letting him in, we sabotaged it. Whatever your reason, it's hard to let others in and it's hard to accept the love we deserve. The most important thing to know is that you are worthy of love and that you have love to give. It's not sustainable to run on empty forever. If you're hurting inside, speak to someone and work on letting it go. Mm. Okay. Fourth one, the fourth reason, and this is the one that a whole lot of people don't get, we don't love ourselves. Definitely. Yeah. You know, um, and, and I love this. He's the, the author says, anyway, once he, um, once he realized he didn't love himself, he said, anyway, that's when I decided to stop giving a fuck about what people had to say about me. And I started to embrace every part of myself, my sexuality, my skin color, my small arms and my watermelon sized head. And when I did that, my self-confidence skyrocketed and that positively impacted every other aspect of my life. But if you are unhappy, if you are unhappy and you find yourself in a rut, the first place to do is to ditch the shovel and start building instead. A good place to start is building up yourself because only you can create your own happiness. This is one of the best articles I have read in the last five years. Hmm. What do y'all think about that? I, I definitely think that there are points to be made. 
especially that that last one is a big one. We don't love ourselves. I think that's a huge one. Um, because we so, I think a lot of us spend a lot of time trying to project that love outward and make sure that we can find somebody to love. And we don't know how to love ourselves because we're so busy trying to put all that on someone else. Um, so it's, it's, I, 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 all in all, I appreciated the article. I loved pretty much everything it had to say. Yeah, for me, I'm telling you, the the, the whole Mean Girls thing, mm-hmm. I, am re- I'm, I oh. have really gotten to a point now, I just don't have the energy for it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, baby, it's like trust, trust and believe. <laughs> if Dominion, you are Dominion, all... Dominion and I can tell you about some mean girl shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I cut most of those homos, homo, uh, homos off long time ago. Mm-hmm. You know, but but you know, but even though we say that, we we still project that in the name of I'm being your good girlfriend. We still do that to ourselves, in spite of saying we've cut people off who do it. Yeah, some people do. Yes, yes, absolutely. You know, so you know, and I mean, I and and for me, it was a it was a it was a wake up call because it's like, okay, wait a minute, I do every now and you know, <clears throat> I can be a I can be a nasty bitch to folk who I know are are sabotaging me, and I'm not supposed to know it. Mm-hmm. You know, I my my big okay, so I, I have this thing about being called bitch. Now, some people get a pass. You know, you know, Dominion has known me a long time. Mm-hmm. A day or two. A day or two. He has been to my house. He has broken bread with me. I have been to his house. I have broken bread with him. He has seen me at my best. And a true confession, when I moved back to D.C. Uh, 11 years ago, he saw me at my worst. Mm-hmm. He gets to, you know, and, and I know when he says, bitch, he's not doing it in a mean, condescending way. That is who we are. Mm-hmm. But somebody who has known me less than three years, you don't get to come up and call me bitch. You don't mm-hmm. get to do it in a social, and you damn sure don't get to do it when we are in a social gathering. You know, so I, I, I you know, and I, and I don't do, and I, I don't do mean, I don't do mean gays. I just don't. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's taxing on the spirit. It and is. It is so taxing on the spirit, and people. Oh. And and the thing. And the, and the and what's sad is when you see people doing it, and you try to tell them how toxic how toxic they're being, and they can't even see it, and won't and won't hear it. It right. won't even hear it. I, I I had a I have a good friend that I came to love dearly, and he went through a breakup. And he spent so he he, and I won't even say it was a waste because at the end of at the end of him going through everything he had to go through, he came out a stronger person. But he expended so much energy blaming himself for the dissolution of that relationship. And I tried to tell him, baby, the only person you can be in that relationship is you. So if they if they conducted the relationship wanting you to be something other than yourself, honey, that's not your fault. That's their fault. Right. They could they could not accept who you are and they couldn't give you what you needed in the relationship. Baby, that ain't your fault. If they're not capable of giving you what you need, that ain't on you. It's right. on them. 
So Why? stop being so stop beating yourself up because they were fucked up in the relationship. Let them say whatever the fuck they want. They can say you you were stupid and that you lied and that you weren't this and you weren't that. It doesn't matter. You need to understand that you were the best person you could be in that relationship. And if they don't have the strength to, to let everybody walk away and say, hey, this just didn't work. Then, honey, don't take on their bullshit. Honey, you you take the lesson, you learn the lesson, and you move yourself forward. Because you are worth knowing. You're yes. worth knowing. No matter no matter what happened in that relationship, you're worth knowing. And you have to remember that you're worth knowing, even if that other person can't appreciate it. Because, honey, that's their issue. They're the one that's going to miss out ultimately, not you. Exactly. Oh, amen. I don't really know yeah. that I have anything to add. <laughs> you know, as, and, and, and I wish that as, as, <clears throat> as same gender loving people, we would do more of that for each other. We don't Thank do you. enough of we don't do enough of that for each other. We and, do and, that and it drives me, Yeah. And it drives me nuts because I do. I see this mean girl shit all the time and it drives me nuts. It's like, honey. Stop! Stop living your life like you're like you're walking through fucking clueless. It's not. It's this is not right. life, honey. It's this not is, life. This is not a movie. This no. is you know. Oh, oh! I thank you. And I mean, we really. I think we really do need to do a better job of encouraging each other and lifting each other up. And not only that, giving giving the example to the to the young kids coming behind us. Mm-hmm. Because. Amen. You know, they. Uh, the reason why some of us behave the way we do is because that's what we. That's what was modeled to us. Yes, absolutely. You right. know, if, absolutely. You know, I. And so th- there's a bar here in DC. Um, where I I have not been in that bar in a good five years, but I guarantee you, if I go in that bar tomorrow night, I will see sitting on the same bar stool. The same three bar stools. The same three people that were there the last time I was there. Girl, don't even get me started. <laughs> and and they are still living these mid nineteen eighty diva dreams and aspirations. Um, where you know the rest of us have grown and gone, they are still thinking that this is that their lives are an episode of Dynasty. Mm. And it's like we are. Oh, I find people like that draining, and I can't be drained. Mm-mm. Right, I mean, it is. It's exhausting I, I dealing with people like people, that. I can't let people sap my spirit and my energy. With first of all, I mean, I'm not a mean girl, but I neither. I'm really not a mean girl. Actually, I say very little. People will be surprised to know that I say very little of what I'm actually thinking because I don't want to hurt people's feelings, even though I feel a certain kind of way about something. But, you know, people say ridiculous things. And in order for me not to be in a fight constantly with people and pointing out their hypocrisy, you know, I just can't be bothered with certain kinds of foolishness you know Mm -hmm. i love myself too much because you know i certainly spent too much of my life giving too many fucks about what people thought and what people had to say right Mm -hmm. you know and that's a that's definitely been a journey to loving myself 
you know, where could I have been if I hadn't put so many other people, the needs of so many other people in front of my own, so. Right. Um, but, that's, uh, but, that, but honestly, that's the reason why you don't see, people want to know why I don't do lots of more, more gay-oriented things. It's because of shit like that. Yeah. Uh, and I get it. Well, that's yeah, why I, I do all of the gay things that I do with people like Legionnaire and you. Right, <laughs> right. You know, you know around about the age of, because you know, I my my gay evolution was different than a lot of uh, you young fast ass people. <laughs> oh, fast. You know, between the ages of sixteen and twenty six, I didn't have sex at all, and I was, you know, so part of that time I was in high school, and then for eight years I was living in Tallahassee, Florida. So I didn't do anything. So when I came back home, I had a lot of catching up to do, mostly in terms of having sex, but also in terms of gay maturity. Not just mm -hmm. maturity, but gay maturity. Mm -hmm. And I looked up one day and realized that all of the homos that I was hanging around with, we had a couple of topics of conversation. Um, who we wanted to fuck, who we had fuck, what club we were going to, and what pride event we were going to to fuck again. Right. <clears throat> and I was like, this is a shallow existence. So I made a conscious decision that I was going to hang around with people with whom I could probably still talk about all those things, but who I could also talk about politics and all the other shit that interests me. So I purposely mm -hmm. made a decision to stop hanging around with certain people. And some people got real upset about that, but I was like, I don't give a fuck. Right, you'll be all right. <laughs> right, right, exactly. You'll find someone else to talk about whose dick you sucked, right? Or whose dick you, or who you want to suck your dick. I mean, I was like, and you know, also, and Legionnaire will attest to this too. You know, a lot of girls, if I tell you I fuck somebody, it's because I actually fuck them, right? I'm exactly. not telling you a fantasy of what I want to happen or how I wanted it. I thought it might go. I'm telling you about shit that actually happened. And I found that I was doing most of the storytelling and all of my so-called friends were doing the listening because I was out getting my groove on and they were just standing by in life. And they were jealous of me because I was doing everything that I said I would do. Right. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So. Exactly. Well, in other words. Mm -hmm. What do we? In other words, Legionnaire, <laughs> baby. In other words, right? Fuck them right in the pussy. Hard <laughs> and dry. Oh, 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 oh! Hold on now. Let's not look. Let's not be hasty. <laughs> but that's yeah. why it's hard and dry because it's hasty. Oh, right. Mm, ain't nothing good about that. Mm -mm. You know, uh, it's it's just one of those things where you know I. I, I, I gladly let go of people who cannot add that kind of positivity to my life. And when I see that they go down that path where I don't need to be, then I know exactly where I need to put them. I need to sit you right over here on this shelf, boo. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> let, these, let these leave so that others may come. Right. Right. I said, because you, you, you are taking up the seat of someone who can actually add something to my existence. So I need to sit you over here. But yeah, so yeah, I mean, I, I really, I'm glad that, first of all, I'm glad we had that conversation. And yeah, I, I really, I you know, I, I'm really hopeful that we don't just leave it here as a conversation on the show. We, I think that we have work to do 
to do this modeling. I think yeah. you know we have this yeah. this work to do to do this 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 mentoring and to show these kids that it's more it is more to being gay than sitting on a bar stool or going you know or having anonymous sex or having anonymous sex on a bar stool um, as it was. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Child, okay. you know what kills me is these kids where uh where I'm like where you do see them at the bar and you I'll be like, Yeah, girl, I just came back from Vegas and they're like, Oh, you think you fancy? Well, yes I do. Yes I do. Right, exactly. I that do knows. think I'm fancy. No, well, I no, don't no. think I don't think going to Atlanta every year makes you fancy right right no or better yet you think you think you fancy no i know i'm fancy right (laughs) honey i work i use my money to go fancy places because i deserved it i work hard i used to be poor used to be Mm. and i'm not going to be made to feel um bad about the fact that I use my money for the things that I want to use it for. I'm not even shading you for going to Atlanta, but don't think that you're better than, and also don't act like it's fancy. It's the Red Lobster thing. Nothing wrong with Red Lobster, but just realize that Red Lobster is not a fancy restaurant, and don't act like it. You don't go to Red Lobster in a fucking tuxedo. Unless you're 17. Unless you're 17, it's your prom, and then maybe Red Lobster is a fancy restaurant for you. But I mean, for most adults, you know. So if if Atlanta is what you can do and what you can afford, you go and get your groove on by, you know, by all means. But I I I just can't. <laughs> I've done it before, and I can't. I researched it, and <laughs> I found out. I can't. That I can't. <laughs> Poppy, Poppy, I can't. <laughs> so, Legionnaire, uh, you're up next with uh, a story on Wentworth Miller. Yes, uh, Wentworth Miller uh, posted on Facebook um, a little thing that he wrote talking about uh, him being the subject of a meme that was. Um, put up about him uh, the title of the meme is when you break out of prison and find out about mcdonald's monopoly and it shows it's a split it's a split picture one hat one side of the picture is him when he was in the uh tv show uh prison break with all his tattoos and then the other picture is him uh certainly after that period where he's uh, a little more portly we shall say and this is what he wrote i'll go ahead and read um, what he posted Uh, Today, I found myself the subject of an internet meme, not for the first time. This one, however, stands out from the rest. In 2010, semi-retired from acting, I was keeping a low profile for a number of reasons. First and foremost, I was suicidal. This is a subject I've since written about, spoken about, shared about. But at the time, I suffered in silence, as so many do. The extent of my struggle known to very, very few. Ashamed and in pain... I considered myself damaged goods, and the voices in my head urged me down the path to self-destruction. Not for the first time. I've struggled with depression since childhood. It's a battle that's cost me time, opportunities, relationships, and a thousand sleepless nights. 
In 2010, at the lowest point in my adult life, I was looking everywhere for relief, comfort, distraction. And I turned to food. It could have been anything. Drugs, alcohol, sex. But eating became the one thing I could look forward to. Count on me. Count on to get me through. There were stretches when the highlight of my week was a favorite meal and a new episode of Top Chef. Sometimes that was enough. It had to be. And I put on weight. Big fucking deal. One day, out for a hike in Los Angeles with a friend, we crossed paths with a film crew shooting a reality show. Unbeknownst to me, paparazzi were circling. They took my picture, and the photos were published alongside images of me from another time of my career. Chunk to hunk, fit to flab, etc. My mother has one of those friends who's always the first to bring you bad news. They clipped one of these articles from a popular magazine and mailed it to her. She called me concerned. In 2010, fighting for my mental health, it was the last thing I needed. Long story short, I survived. So did those pictures. But I'm glad. Now when I see that image of me in my red shirt, a rare smile on my face, I'm reminded of my struggle. My endurance and my perseverance in the face of all kinds of demons. Some within, some without. Like a dandelion up through the pavement, I persist. Anyway, still, despite... The first time I saw this meme pop up in my social media feed, I have to admit, it hurt to breathe. But as with everything in life, I get to assign meaning. And the meaning I assign to this, my image, is strength, healing, forgiveness of myself and others. If you or someone you know is struggling, help is available. Reach out, text, send an email, pick up the phone. Someone cares. They're waiting to hear from you. Much love, WM. Wentworth Miller. I loved that post. I thought it was very cool. What 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 say you, my co-hosts? John Sebastian. Um. You know, I I'm glad he said this, and. This harkens back to what we were talking about earlier about Mm -hmm. basically mean girls. And, you know, we, and especially in the gay community, we fat shame a lot. We do. Um, And we fat shame, you know, unless you are in, and I hate to use subculture, but unless you're in a subculture that celebrates, you know, heavy people. For the most part, we see, you know, gay, you know, the the image that we see as quote perfect is skinny, you know, emaciated with a half inch of your life, just you know, bobblehead, uber thin, almost unhealthy, and you know, there are more, and and we, as someone who is struggling with their weight right now. This hit home. Um, and it hit home to the point that I, when I saw this story, I was so angry. You know, um, so this is what you all don't know is we talk about, we, we do preliminary talks about this stuff before we actually come on and talk about this stuff. And I Ooh. said, you all really don't want to know what I think about this. And it was, I was so angry because, you know, this young man was suicidal. 
And he had damn good reason to be at that time. He was still in the closet because he didn't come out publicly until 2014, 2013, 2014. So he has all of this, all of this weight on him, you know, along. And, and yes, that kind of goes along with his profession. But even still, he's a human being. And to bring back pictures from years ago to then fat shame him was just, it just, it tore me apart. It, it just really, it, 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 it cut me to my spirit. It cut me, it cut me to my core. But now let's, there, there's a part two to this that I'm glad, that I'm, I'm actually glad to be able to say. The LAD Bible, who actually posted the pictures, issued an apology. Mm. And it says, Wentworth Miller, we posted two pictures of you last night to our Facebook page, but today we want to say we got this very, very wrong. Mental health is no joke or laughing matter. We certainly didn't want to cause you any pain by reminding you of such a low point in your life. Causing distress and upset to innocent or vulnerable people is simply not acceptable. The LAD Bible continues to cover how prevalent mental health issues are among our audience, as well as the damaging stigma that surrounds such matters. We applaud your, your raw honesty and promise to now cover such matters in the responsible manner our audience expects. Responding head on to our post is something we applaud as it will help others through similar challenges in their lives. Once again, we got this very wrong and we wanted to say sorry. That's how you issue an apology, by the way. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I'll admit when I first heard about this story without having read what he said, I was just like, girl, get over it. Mm. But then I read his whole thing. And that's what really is important here is because you don't know what people are going through. And, you know, again, you know, we say a lot of times, you know, we talk about people like the Kardashians and other people who want publicity when it's convenient for them, but then they don't like being shown in an unflattering light. You know, that and all that may be true, but, you know, as he said, he was sort of semi-retired. He was, you know, in a place where he expected to have at least some semblance of privacy and he um, was in a bad place you know, in his life. So, you know, you never know uh, when you see this. And, you know, we've talked about this before, how these inter there's a person behind every internet meme, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes a story behind that meme is not cute. And, you know, some people are very embarrassed or upset or angry about being associated with a meme. So, you know, just something to think about when you uh, next time you see something like this. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Any final thoughts, Legionnaire? Um, no, like I said, I, I was just really, uh, I really liked how he <laughs> how he addressed it, and uh, and I'm definitely glad to hear that the. Um, the site that posted it actually were able to step back from it and issue the apology <laughs> that they did. Mm -hmm. And all in all, like I said, I've, I've always admired him as an actor, and now I really admire him as a person. Yes. Well, I mean, I don't know that I admire him as a person for this, but I get it. Our um, next story is about uh, RuPaul. 
So RuPaul was interviewed by, by the Vulture by uh, Vulture Vulture.com last week. And uh he was interviewed on a couple of things. He talked about how uh straight people steal from gay culture, talked about meeting David Bowie and why educating the youth is a waste of time. So uh the conversation starts off about um how drag is an art form and it's about survival and then he goes and talks about how he's never felt like part of the mainstream and he doesn't uh he has no interest or desire um he says so the question was throughout your career have you ever felt like you're a part of the mainstream and he says no you know i've never been on ellen or david letterman or the tonight show and there's a reason for that which i don't want to go into but there's a reason that i've never been thought of as someone who can go on there because it makes those hosts feel very very uncomfortable especially if we really talked it would be the opposite of what they're used to so am i part of the mainstream no people know my name people know what I look like but am I invited to the party no and there's a reason for that and then he says would you want to be and he says no in fact I made a pact to myself when I was 15 that I was going that if I was going to live this life I'm going to do it on my terms and I'm only going to do it if I'm putting my mingle middle finger up to the society up at society the whole whole time so anytime i've had yearnings to go oh gee wish i could be invited to the inner inner emmys i say hey, rue remember the pack you made you never wanted to be part of that bullshit in fact i'd rather have an enema than an in than an emmy he also says that uh lip sync battle is, is a ripoff of his show and then he reminds us that straight pop culture has literally lifted things from gay culture as long as he could remember and he says that's fine but guess what we have so much more where that's coming from then he talked about um whether there is some value in educating the youth and he says no basically it's their um responsibility to educate themselves and get out in the world and become better versions of themselves and it's not his responsibility or anybody else's responsibility to you know sort of help them get there i have thoughts but i'd rather hear your thoughts first uh huh. Hmm. Well, you know, I would. This is so, and I and I'm I'm going to be a mean girl for about a minute. I would call RuPaul a whore, but I'd be insulting whores. RuPaul has publicly said the only reason, you know, the only reason he puts on a dress is when he's getting a check. Right. So this whole, you know, this whole I choose not to do blah, 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 blah. Well, if I'm not mistaken, most of these shows don't pay you to come on and, you know, be there. So, of course, you're not going to be invited because right. you want to get paid. Mm. Um, Hello. Let's, let's start there. Um, second of all, you know, I, RuPaul is almost made has made a mockery and I know it has has made a mockery and 
has sold her brand um, for money. I mean, she, she she willingly sells what she does. It's all for me. It's almost a form of blackface. Um, and this whole the kids have a responsibility to teach themselves. Well, sweetie, now that we know, I be, I believe. We have a responsibility to pass it, pass on what we know to those who come behind us. Because remember, you know, when she, you know, RuPaul didn't always have it easy. You right. know, uh, she had, you know, she she had those those drag queens in New York to help her along. But honey, you were still a little gay boy in wherever it is you came from. Right. So you know. I've seen pictures of RuPaul back, and before right. she was a drag queen, she was a boy in a dress. A boy, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. You know, before she hooked up with Limp Sinker and Lady Bunny, and you know, mm-hmm. before she got her big break in the Love Shack video, she was a boy in a dress. You know, help other little right. boys in dresses. Right. Bitch. Legionnaire. Um, yeah, I, I find, I find this interview to be a lot of horseshit. And (laughs) quite frankly, as a same gender loving individual, I think he, she needs to be ashamed because a lot of what he's saying is bullshit because just like, just like John Sebastian said, all this shit about, oh, well, I would never be on one of these shows. Yeah, you wouldn't want to be on one of these shows because they're not giving you any coins to be on this show. So let's keep it real. That's what it's about because you can best, you can best believe that if Jimmy Kimmel or any of these other folks presented you with a check to be on that show and put on a dress, honey, you would be there. Thank you would you. not be, you would not be sticking your finger up top about well no I'm not gonna do it no girl you would do it and this and and the shameful fact is you've reduced the art that is drag to simple commerce mm-hmm. that is what's sad you've reduced it to commerce so that you can make a coin all 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 under the guise of, of promoting and and putting and, and, and putting out there the art form, honey, because you can't have it both ways. You can't be in an article talking about how you want to be counterculture, and then have a and then have a reality show where you want to talk about how these queens deserve their work, their their time in the spotlight, just like any other entertainer or artist. Baby, you can't have it both ways. You can't. Right. You can't. So if you're going to have a show where you're going to promote these girls and provide them with an opportunity to be where you are, then you can't talk about the fact that, you know, these these youngsters that are coming up, you know, have to find their own way. Bitch, you didn't find your own way. You think you 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 really think that we're supposed to believe that RuPaul, that only RuPaul built RuPaul? Bitch, that's a lie. If you from tell that story, that's a lie. From the that's pit. a lie, and it's and it's a and it's a disingenuous. It's a, it's an unnecessary lie because every that. everybody who who has the opportunity to stand in the spotlight have people that have supported them on that journey, people that have inspired them on that journey. Honey, RuPaul was not the first supermodel drag queen of the world. Honey, you were not the first one to do what you do. Mm-mm. 
You are not right. the first one to do what you do. You happen to be the one that that's probably more well known than some in in most. I would say in most general circles. But honey, you weren't the first, so you can't get out here and act like you were because you weren't. Because there were people who paved the way for you. So just like you say, we we all have a responsibility to pay it forward. Most of all, you. So honey. Stop, stop with the whole, you know, I'm too good for all this other bullshit, girl. No, that's not, that's not who you are. So take the face off, take the mask off, and let's keep it 100. Because you're not doing it right now. And you should be ashamed for not keeping it 100. And the most fucked up part about that is that, you know, when you watch RuPaul's Drag Race, Maybe for the first one or two seasons, these were these were you know young gay boys, drag queens, transgender women who you know had made their own way and maybe didn't have they had their own local role models. But right. after season two, these women and I'll just refer to them as women for lack of a better word came on this show and felt mentored by RuPaul exactly. directly or indirectly. So I must, I imagine that for a young queen who goes on the show now, if this is the way that she really feels, it must be a shitty experience because you're going right. on that show thinking you're going to meet the drag idol, not a drag right. idol, right. the <laughs> drag idol. Right. And to have this bitch be like, I don't know you. And then when you like, you know, you try to, you think you're going to go in, go there and have sissy time with her. Now, yes, I get that she's the host and everything, but I mean, you could still be the host and still be like nice to people. But mm-hmm. I get the feeling that if this is how she really feels and interacts, it must not be a very good experience to be on RuPaul's Drag Race because it's meeting your idol and finding your idol is an absolute cunt. Right. Right. <laughs> So, and you're right, she certainly did not build herself from the ground up. And even if she did, you would, you know, what this human spirit that you talk about would compel you to help others so that they don't have to struggle the way that you did. Right. So even if we believe your bullshit, you still are obligated to help people out. Exactly. Girl, bye. And 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 let's and let's be clear. And let's keep and let's keep something else real, honey. Lip sync battle is not a ripoff of your show in no way, shape, or form. Let's 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 keep that very very real. If anything, there was an MTV show back. I think it was MTV or VH1 that did a similar show that had nothing to do with drag. That was all about the lip sync, and it it, it, it it had nothing, no connection whatsoever to do with drag. So to say that it was lifted from the gay world, that's just not true. It's not the truth. It's not the truth. You know, and I'm not even it's saying that. It's not at all the truth because right. it's all of these art forms are based on sort of this cabaret lounge singer act from the 30s and 40s and even exactly. before where the singer got up on stage and worked for tips. Exactly. You know, lip syncing on stage is not an art form that originated with gay men in New York City. Thank exactly. You're just mad. You're just mad. Because Jimmy Fallon is making way more money doing it 
than you are. And, you know, let's just be clear. Okay, you may not have been on um, Ellen or whatever, but you certainly, you were all over Arsenio Hall back in the day. And I do recall that you were on the Tonight Show and on the Joan Rivers show. So let's not act like you've always been above you know it's one thing to say i've evolved and i've changed but to be like when i was 15 years old i had this concept that has stuck with me for no bitch no no (laughs) right (laughs) no one at 53 is the same person or or i mean you may have had a dream when you were 15 but you can't tell me that all of this idea and the concept of rupaul the drag queen, the supermodel of the world, the RuPaul's Drag Race, all of this sprung from your head, fully formed as a 15-year-old homosexual in, I think she grew up in Louisiana or wherever the fuck she grew up. Mm. So, girl, right. it's all horseshit, as you said. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not quite ready to say fucker in the pussy, but you know... <laughs> Sometimes it's just best for you to do your little show, your little soft focus show on your basic cable cable show, and shut the fuck up. She just need to go on back to go on back to Wyoming, where she owns her ranch with her husband, right? With her, right, right, <laughs> and be all right. You know what? Since you know we're this show is we, we're it's full of topics, but I want to spend two minutes talking about mm-hmm. something that I read on Facebook. And Legionnaire, you probably saw this. John Sebastian, you might not have. Uh, one of our friends posted something where um, an, uh, um, someone had um, talked about RuPaul's show last week where they did this thing called Ruko's Empire, which was mm. a drag version of Empire. Yes. And the fact that... Um, so they were all playing quote-unquote black characters, which was, I guess, bad enough for the black people, but they had these white people playing these you know drag gay it was over the top and you know some people was comparing it to blackface or saying it was too much or over the top and you know i was a little bit of two minds about that because i was like one thing it's you know it's what the fuck is rupaul's i mean what the fuck is empire but it's over the top i mean that kind of shit doesn't happen that way in real life and drag is an exaggerated art form. So one, one, on one hand, I was, I felt that way. But on the other hand, you know, once again, it's white people making fun of black culture. It's like Shirley Q. Liquor, but slightly less offensive. And as we recall, uh, RuPaul was a big proponent of Shirley Q. Liquor. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Any other thoughts? You know, I, I, I when I saw that, I, I too was of two minds about it. Because I mean, on the one hand, it was it was outrageous, and and some of it was actually funny, um, you know. But it, but again, it, it goes to that thing where you know, do we, um, you know, how do we really want to present ourselves, you know, as people of color, you know? But then I, but again, I had to, you know. Put that part aside to say that well first of all we're talking about a show that's that's very soap opera and over the top in on, on its face yeah so right. so to have you know another show that's going to parody that and take it even further it's like okay 
because some of, because some of the stuff and some of the girls' performances were actually really funny to me. Bob the drag queen was hilarious. <laughs> Maybe Bob the Jack drag queen let them have it, and yeah, that girl deserved to win that week. But so you know, it, it's it's one of those things where you know it's sometimes it's it's a lot of a lot of hoopla where there doesn't need to be hoopla. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, kids. Well, that those were some hot topics. Yes. So you know what it's time for now. Ooh. What is it? What what it time for? It's time for the speed round. Yes. And unlike <laughs> last week where we didn't have a whole lot to talk about, we got, you know, some 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 good shit to talk about this week. We're going to get touch on um did we say we were? Oh, we, oh yeah. We, we decided we are going. We we don't give a fuck about Elton John. We'll just say quickly <laughs> that Elton John was accused by his ex bodyguard of groping him. And in the words of Jimmy Fallon, L. <laughs> so, yes, that's all I gotta say about that. Uh-huh. I've never thought of John um, J- Elton John Sebastian. I've thought of you as very sexy. <laughs> I've never thought of Elton John as sexy any time ever. So, yeah. Mm-mm. Well, okay, so, wait a minute. Between 1981 and 1984, when he was semi-straight, he was okay. L. L. Yeah, but that was that was that was he was still coked out. But that's okay. But yeah. Did you just once sit? again? Once again, L. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, let's see. Let's, let's just dive right into it. First up, so uh, your good buddy and our and mine, um, Columbus Short, got caught by his wife, uh, Superhead, better known as Corinne Stefan, for cheating. And in true hood rat style, she threw mm. all of his stuff in the lobby of the um, court Marriott courthouse where they were clearly staying for the night. Mm. Oh no, this is this is not a courthouse. This is like town place suites. Yeah, it's fancier. Yeah. So uh, thoughts, John Sebastian. You know, two people. One who is known for uh, being the swallow queen, and the other who obviously has, I like to beat ass tattooed on the side of his ass. Being together, I knew this was going to be some shit from the start. Oh, well. Next. Legionnaire? You know, I just don't have it in me to give a fuck. (laughs) My thoughts exactly. (laughs) You know... No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, just just that, you know... (sighs) You can't, girl. I just, I can't. I can't. I've thoroughly researched and discovered that I can't. Well, all right. Next up, there is a singer named Kaylani who showed a picture of her arm in a hospital bed. Uh, where she tattooed well she posted this picture to Instagram and said today I wanted to leave this earth 
being completely selfish for once. Never thought I'd get to such a low point, but don't believe the blogs you read. No one was cheated on and I'm not a bad person. Everyone is hurt and everyone is in a place of misunderstanding. But as of today, I have no single wish to see tomorrow. But God saved me for a reason. And for that, I must be grateful because I'm not in heaven right now for a reason. On that note, by Instagram. So it was a picture of her with an IV. And this post um, is a reference to her boyfriend who was named party next door and the fact that she allegedly cheated on party next door with cleveland cavaliers player kyrie irving and we have something to add to that mm. y'all's line sister chris brown <laughs> got into it and posted uh girls be mad at a nigga for fucking with bitches but her dms got more names in the declaration of independence hashtag yeah i'm throwing shade mm. so that's how, we, that's how you know that's our line sister right there right <laughs> oh lord girl he made several other posts but listen Actually, uh, Legionnaire, this is your story, so you're up first. 30 seconds, what's your thought? You know, I, one, let's start out with, I don't know who Kaylani is. However, what I will say is, one, if if the girl is truly going through some things, you know, get yourself some help. But on the face of it, it all looks like a stunt. Yeah. It just looks like a stunt. Because, girl, you know, if you're really going through it, you know, you need you, you don't even need to be discussing it on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, none of that shit. Girl, get yourself some help and, and, and be done with it. And if that's the case, then yes, get off the social media, pull yourself together and, and find somebody who will actually, you know, make sure that they promote you so that, you know, when these stories come up again, I actually know who you are. Right. Let me pause for a moment and ask my young ward, do you know who Kehlani is? He said, and I quote, who is this hoe? <laughs> and he is 23 years old with a well, beautiful set of cakes that he got smashed in real good yesterday. Ooh. Wow. Not by me. He unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, he's more like my my gay son now than, you know, and I'm not one of those homos that, you know, call someone their gay son and yet they still fucking. Because that's incest and that's nasty. That is just nasty. How you gonna be someone's mentor and yet still trying to smash? Mm. Okay, well, wait, wait, wait now. Mentor is one thing. <laughs> What'd you say? Mentor is one thing. Father is he something said- totally different. He said he thinks of me as the father he never had. So then I was like, well, damn, I can't fuck this boy no more. Damn. Unless, unless it's a bad porno. No more. Unless it's a bad porno. But that's either here or there. Right. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, John Sebastian, your thoughts on Kehlani, Party Next Door, and Kyrie Irving? Okay. Huh? Who? What? I don't know these people. Next. Mm. Well. <laughs> Uh, so here's my thing. 
I agree completely with Christina Brown. <laughs> it seems like a stunt because if I was in a place where I felt like I didn't need to be in the world anymore and I was going to commit suicide and everything, I feel like I wouldn't be posting pictures online. I feel like I would be in my hotel room trying to get better from these pills or whatever the fuck I took to try to kill myself and by you posting it, posting pictures of it, it seems like you're doing this for publicity because we have polled directly or indirectly five people. We polled the three of us. We don't know who the fuck they are. We polled uh, my son who don't know who the fuck uh, she is and we polled Legionnaire's 12 year old daughter who don't know who the fuck this chick is so don't nobody know who this woman is so it sounds like she's doing it for the uh, she's doing it for the vine as far as I'm concerned mm. that's gonna do it but the, the scary part is even with all of that we still don't care and here's the point. I mean, listen, I, we're, none of us are callous and so mean as to make fun of someone attempting suicide. I think the comment is more on the need to be on social media and that people, if it is fake, because we've seen people fake the funk before, that mm -hmm. people actually think that this is a legitimate way to do it. Because we all know, we all had a friend on Facebook who threatened suicide so people can make comments on their fucking page and be like, oh, girl, you're fine. You know we all love you. And I don't. I, you know, I don't want anyone to commit suicide. But I feel like if you've already made up your mind to kill yourself, it depends on how close I know you. If I really know you, I'm going to try to get over there to you. If I don't, what am I going to do? Right. That, perfect example. If I, say, if I said something like that, I know you get ready to jump in the car. Right. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, we got to end this show right now because I got to go get my brister. Right, and you would pay the tolls, and that's how I know you love me because you pay the tolls. <laughs> like, oh, I get the exactly. I'd be like, girl, I'd be like, he'll be all right for thirty seconds while I mount this transponder, so I don't have to. So I can stop. I can just speed on through. Right. <laughs> See, that's so, how you. That, that's the love right there. It's like, will you pay the tolls? Uh, hey. But right, so, right. So none of us are are, are uh, like, and please don't write. And don't send angry letters to poppychuloradio.com because we are not mocking people who have suicide, uh, who are suicidal, suicidal tendencies. We're talking about the need for attention. Clearly, even if she is committing suicide, there is such a need for attention that she felt the need to post it. Because I've been in the hospital and the first thing on my mind was not like, let me Instagram this so everyone knows how I'm doing. And I see people doing that all the time. I'm like, girl, mm -hmm. didn't you just have a triple bypass? Why the fuck are you posting pictures? You look at a mess in your hospital bed. Right. Now, okay, but now, on, but now, okay, so, and I know we said we will give you the three minutes, but on the flip side of that, my last semester in seminary, I ended up in the hospital. Mm -hmm. um, and because we, we, re, we really thought I was having a heart attack. Um, and the reason I actually posted a picture of me and said I was okay, I did That's that because, yeah, because A, my husband was 100 miles away. B, there were 100 people on campus who had, you know, it had gone, it had gotten through the grapevine within 10 minutes that I had rushed, been rushed to the hospital. 
that's you know but you know when like you know i was trying to get sympathy i was like i feel stupid that i gotta actually post this because i ate too many damn brownies and drank too much coffee girl mm. <laughs> yeah, everybody on the campus was like girl his surgery you know them fillers settled yes <laughs> right they were like you know what implant, it is. listen them breast implants migrated <laughs> <laughs> right. The silicone burst, honey. The silicone burst. That oh. bitch is waterproof now. But uh so <laughs> but, I mean, but no, I just I as you know, I'm not making fun and I am not making light of of mental health issues in any way, shape, or form. But this ha- this has all of the markings of a stunt queen. Mm. Yes. Alright, so super quick. Uh, Beyonce, Jay-Z, Blue Ivy, and Jewels, who we have uh, found out is um, Solange's son, showed up at uh, at the Easter Egg Roll or on the White House lawn. And I know because a good friend of mine went, you know, there were a lot of people there, especially a lot of black people, but just liberals in general who were like, this was a very sentimental moment. Because, you know, this was the last chance to be on on lawn with, you know, America's first black president and his wife. And while next year we might get to do it with America's first woman president. I mean, let's just be real. I mean, it's going to be like being on the White House lawn with your grandmother because by that time, Hillary Clinton will be 70 years old. So, I mean, it's just a different sort of vibe. I mean, it's going to be cool and everything. But it's just not going to be the same. She ain't going to be jumping up and down like Barack and Michelle did. Right. You know, Bill Clinton going to be trying to, you know, get with all the single moms that brought their children and shit. Stop you talking know, about my dad. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> but so here's what I wanted to say. So Beyonce showed up dressed as um um let's how can I best describe this look? <laughs> right. It's um, nighttime hooker has a daytime job as a temp in an office pool. Right. It's a it's a lace it's a lace skirt with a red bodice, an exposed red bra underneath a see through top. Now this is at the Easter egg roll. And be and uh, Blue Ivy showed up in this fur thing. Right, girl. The the it's the president and the first lady. You show up looking like a hooker, and your child got on this expensive dress. Meanwhile, I done bought my daughter, spent $150 on a dress for this little girl so that she could look fancy in our pictures, and you bring your daughter with this $5,000 outfit on, and then my daughter looking at me with the side eye, like, why the fuck I got to wear this shitty-ass dress? Girl. Anyway. Let's see. Who's next? Is the gay media so white? So, um, earlier this week, uh, a queer rapper named, uh, what's, what's his person name? Mikey Blanco uh, retweeted some posts about, uh, gay media. And then the conversation became about magazines like Attitude and Details and all these other gay or gay focused magazines that have little or no coverage of men of color. And that became, um, 
a rallying cry and point for, you know, a point of outrage for the week. Thoughts? Welcome to the party. Yeah. Uh, John Sebastian, thoughts? Gave me so uh child it is that in other news water is wet next mm. right <laughs> yeah Ugh. i don't really know what to say to that you come on we knew that i mean look and you not only is gay media so white it's so skinny it's so twinky uh it's so am- so i'm reading a new book called why I- well it's not a new book but it's an old book called why i hate abercrombie and fitch Mm-hmm. Essays on race and sexuality. Let's just say that it is changing my life. Going off. Um, um, uh, that sounds like something I have to read. <laughs> the White McBride is the author. It's about mm-hmm. ten years old, but baby, mm. it is on point. Mm. I, I am. I am seriously going to check that out because I I've been yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, it's it's that time for me. <laughs> Why well, I hate Abercrombie and Fitch, and, and like I said, I will. <clears throat> I was one of the discussion groups, one of the um, the um, research discussion groups that I'm in. Somebody mentioned it, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds hot!" And so I just I bought it sight unseen, except for the cover where there's this white boy who has a G string on, um, mm. and. I was like, okay, this is going to be a good read, and it is an excellent read so far. Cool. Yes. All right. Well, that's that. So, our last speed round topic: Ben Carson. What do you got? So, basically, Ben Carson was on the View, and hosts <laughs> of the View ripped him a new asshole. <laughs> Oh, that was a wonderful piece of television. That that that's what I can say to that. Mother Whoopi was I, I, too cool. Ma- yes, Mother Whoopi had enough. <laughs> had a, enough was enough. She was not. She was no longer trying to be nice, <laughs> and was like, "No, <laughs> you supporting Donald Trump? Sorry, the man is a racist. You cannot sugarcoat it. You cannot sell me on the fact that he is not. Sorry, no, no, and no, and no again." <laughs> <laughs> oh, and just so we're clear, no. I Whoopi, I, my faith in Whoopi has been restored. Yes, because <clears throat> she just went ahead and told she told the truth like a tis test, and it was good. It was good. Now, on the flip side of that, the five-year-old behaving like a five-year-old trashed the show even before the show was over. Uh, well, of course, you know. We were talking, you know, we were talking about Mean Girl. I wonder, is he a Mean Girl? Mm. I would say he is. Yeah. Well, I know, no, no, no. girl. When I say Mean Girl, I mean, is he a, is he a Mean G U H L? Mm. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I don't think he's a Mean Girl because Mean Girls are actually smart. They're just vicious. Mm, okay. I'm not gonna. You know what though? He is smart. He is a smart marketer. I mean, he is the PT Barnum of our generation. And yeah. That's, well, yeah. You know, if he can't do nothing else, he knows how to keep. He knows how to keep his name in the news. 
and he knows how to keep himself on the front page. Right. Yeah. So I guess that's a skill of some sort. Well, you know, stunt queen. There are, you know, there's always a need for a good stunt queen. <laughs> right. <laughs> and what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a stunt queen, honey. Okay. And what do you do? Pull stunts. Pull stunts. <laughs> and give shows. Right. <laughs> Stunts and shows, boo. Stunts, stunts, and shows. stunts and shows, baby. Stunts and shows. Don't get it twisted, baby. Oh, kids, I'm worn out. I'm still worn out from last week. I just want you to know. <laughs> still worn out from last week, baby. Yeah. Did they let us have it? Mm. Honey, they let me have it for five continuous nights. I heard. Mm. So, kids, next up, we have a treat. Currently working on his third album, Florida artist Grayson Jubilee has completed a total of five studio projects and is looking forward to embarking on the next phase of his career. He's been a resident DJ for a Miami LGBT cruise. He's appeared on Dancing with the South Florida Stars, and he hosts his own weekly DJ series featuring his latest mixes for download by the public. For those in the Fort Lauderdale area, he can be seen DJing at Club uh, Club Fellas every Thursday and Saturday night. Everyone say hello to Grayson Jubilee. Hi, Grayson. Hey, Grayson. Hello. Hey, what's going on, y'all? How y'all doing? I hope y'all chilling out there because I know I am. <laughs> we are doing wonderfully. Thank you. Thank you yeah. so much. Awesome, awesome. Forgive me if y'all hear like car walking by because I just think I like taste when I like because I talk about something for real. So I'm just walking through the hood right now. Ain't no thing. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, all right. So you you uh so you're um from South Florida then? Yeah, born and raised. Um, from a Florida boy, true and true. Even when I like moved out of here, I moved nowhere but to North Florida. So I mean, Florida, Florida. So did you go to fam? Yeah, I went to fam. I graduated from FAMU on Rambo. We strike, strike, strike. You oh, know. You tell me about that. I went to Florida a University, too, School of Architecture. Oh, really? Okay. I was in school. I was on HGR, Health, Physical Education, Recreation. So I got my bachelor's in physical education. Uh, completed there in uh, spring uh, 2013. So, you know, well, that's the plan B. I was there somewhat earlier. Just a few years, darling. <laughs> <laughs> just a just a few years before that, you know. Oh, just a few. I mean, that's all right. No, right. You gotta go. You sound yes. young. I mean, so I mean, hey. Oh well. Oh, bless your heart. <laughs> <laughs> so um, <laughs> let's. Uh, you know what? I just feel like we should dive right into it. So. Tell us uh, about this album that you're working on. So this is this will be your sixth studio project and your third album. That is that right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, what can I say about it? Um, well, I mean, all my albums I tried to from the first the first my first album was Prideology, and then my second one was Jungle Music. And on each album, I try to do my best to you know to tell the truth as I see it. You know, whatever I'm going through at that moment in my life. You know, they alter, you know, what my reality is or what my truth is. And, um, but I've known since the beginning of my career, you know, since I started doing music, I've always known that I could be more honest. I could be more open. I could be more truthful. And to be truthful right now, for many years, I was scared, like literally scared to truly say what I was feeling, the way that I wanted to say it. 
because, you know, being a LGBT, being a gay artist, you know, I always feel like I'm being watched more closely and I'm like open for more critique from more different kind of people. So I try to be careful and I try to play the line where I don't want to turn people away, but I also want to not seem like I'm trying to deny what I am or what I represent. So on this album, I'm kind of like letting it all hang out a little bit more, be a little bit more upfront, be a little bit more honest, allow myself to be vulnerable for like one moment in my life. Oh, so that's okay. what it's about. So now I'm looking and I see that you have a a tour about to happen. I want to hear about that. All right. So while I'm working on this project currently, I'm putting it together, you know, with my publishers, with Giovanni. And what, we're, what the idea basically is, uh, I want to go to every single state, all 50 of them, and I want to do a song, do a collaboration with some artist. I don't care, you know, whether they big or they no name, I don't care if it's a grandma in a church or, you know, an old man in the back of his yard. I want to go to that state, and I want to do a collaboration with an artist who represents that type of music, who is really into that genre. Because as an artist, I should always be trying to grow, always be trying to learn more and do more. If I'm capable of thinking about it, then I mean, I'm capable probably of performing it and executing it. So I want to travel across America, and at the end, I want to have a CD that is 50 tracks long, and it's pretty much my ode to America, my ode to being an artist, my ode to, you know, the rich musical forms that this country has, and that no very, there are very few artists like to um, really go in between and experiment with. So I want to be the artist that does that. Wow. Oh, wow, okay, I can feel that. Now, you released the first single, Shame, um, which mm -hmm. is going to be on the album. Um, you know, yes. we definitely got a chance to check it out, and, uh, and it was definitely happening. Tell the, uh, can you tell our listeners a bit about the song itself, and if there was any special inspiration uh, for creating this first single? Um, Shane took about, <laughs> honestly, Shane took over a year to complete. This, the, the, the song was, is honestly directly representative of my relationship issues and what I experienced in my relationships, as far as not realizing how you're treating a person until you've already treated them a certain way and the damage is done. Or, you know, just looking back at what you had and realizing that, you know, at the end of the day, when something's so beautiful and something's so pure that you thought you would have forever just ends abruptly, you know, in, in the matter of speaking, I mean, it's, it's a fucking shame. And, you know, mm -hmm. being, the, being, the, being the gay man that I am, you know, Patty always takes me up. Belle takes me up. So, you know, that song has always meant something to me. And I just thought, you know, as my old to soulful, honest music, I put that out, you know, and, you know, in it you hear, you know, certain uh, audio clips, and that is a conversation that I had with, you know, my husband, and he, that was when we were going, when we were going through our shit, you know, I use that as an excerpt because what more way to be honest and put yourself out there than to put an actual clip of somebody telling you you ain't shit pretty much. Hmm. Well, that is... Okay. That will do it. So, what, yeah. what would you describe your uh, musical style as? Um. Wow. This question, no matter how many times I'm asked, and no matter how many times I answer it, it's still such a hard question to answer. Um. I would bet that the a answer changes over time. So, I mean, that's mm -hmm. cool. 
I'm I'm like, I'm gonna say that I'm open for man. I call myself Ula Fireworks for no reason. Look, niggas, damn. But um, I'm I'm the high priest of hip hop house. So you know, like under hip hop, you got so many different forms. You know, I consider R and B the way R and B is today to be a form of hip hop. Pretty much, rap is a form of hip hop. You know, you got trap, then you got under house, you got jacket house, you got deep house, you got tribal, you got soulful, and I like to play with all of those things. I like to play with all those elements, and because you know, I don't like to be put in a box. But unlike most people who just say they don't like be put in a box, I just, no, I don't even acknowledge the fucking box. I can do whatever the fuck I want to do. Shit, like, if I don't own anything in this world, I own my talent. And so with my talent, the one thing that I say is truly mine, I don't do what the fuck I want to do with it. And that's what I'm doing these days. And um, I'm loving it. I'm loving myself more as a result. Most definitely. Wow. So... You know, I feel like I'm familiar with Fort Lauderdale, but I have no idea where Club Fellas is. Alright, so check though. Um it used to be called Torpedoes, like a couple years ago for a long time. You know, it was a big, you know, after hour spot. It's right off of Brown Boulevard. It's like twenty seventh and Brower Boulevard, you know, like on the same street exactly that's behind where the shop. Yes, See? I know exactly it's- where it is now. It's a, it's a band on the front right now, Brown off the Music Club band. But on Thursday mm-hmm. and Saturday, it's fellas, because that's what we have up in there, even though it's for everybody. I feel you. So, yeah. um, you, so. Uh, you uh, talked about your music and your DJing. So where can uh, where can your fans download your music? Hey, I made a symbol for everybody because my... My mind ain't that good, so I can't make it hard for myself. So you can find me pretty much anywhere under Jubilee King B. Just so everybody knows, the difference between Jubilee King B and DJ Grace and Jubilee is just a fact. DJ Grace and Jubilee is usually what I go about more so when I do my DJing and making music. But when it comes to, you know, my artistry, my producing, my writing, my singing, my rapping, all that hot shit I do, that's Jubilee King B. But they're the same person, you know, my, the Sasha Fierce to my Beyonce. You know, or any of these hoes who got two personalities or more. But Jubilee <laughs> King, every place else. Instagram, Twitter, book, all that. Find me. iTunes, especially iTunes. You know, Spotify. You can fuck with me everywhere. Listen, fuck with me everywhere. Jubilee King B. Jubilee King B. Got it. All the regular way. So I guess uh, Jubilee King B is your Sasha Fierce. Yo, yeah, oh, yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is that nigga. Yeah, he really, he truly is. <laughs> All right. You man. want somebody? You want somebody to shit up? You call the B. The B calls. Yeah, you call me. That's what you call that when you want shit tore up or turned up. <laughs> awesome. Dang your ass. We want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come be with us. And no, thank you, thank you. I mean, I feel honored that y'all had me. I really appreciate y'all having me. You know, anytime y'all want to fuck with me, I will fuck with you back. That's a guarantee. And um, hey, y'all some cool dudes. So you know, uh, hey, I really appreciate it. Much love to all y'all. No problem. We will stay definitely. in touch because the next time I come to uh, Fort Lauderdale, after I come from the alibi with my three dollar tees, I'm gonna be right there. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. most definitely slide. No, most definitely slide. That, that, that'd be the move after on after Thursday night. You know, everybody usually roll up in there, bitch, like two ten. It'd be crazy after alibi. So like, slide up in there or before. I'm right? some waves, say hi and shit. So, like, we can do a shot, all that. 
<laughs> that works. All right, brother. Uh, again, you can catch uh, Jubilee uh, Jubilee King B on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, Tumblr, uh, mm-hmm. LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just about everywhere else that music is sold. Yeah, we got it. All right, brother. Thank yeah, you so much up. for taking time out of your schedule. Thank y'all so much. I really appreciate it. Much love to all y'all and all y'all out there. All right, sir. All right, brother. Take care now. All right, folks. We want to thank Grayson Jubilee again for being on the show. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Grayson. All over the interwebs at uh, Jubilee King B on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, LinkedIn, uh, Reddit, uh, Stumbled Upon, Digit, you know. Stumbled Upon? That's a new one. (laughs) You know, everywhere Up, up and away In the trees Right Right. And you can catch him on Thursday and Saturdays At Club Fellas in Fort Lauderdale That sounds kind of hot though It does Yeah, next time I go uh, I'm definitely going to go out there and have a few cocktails At at, uh, George's Alibi Okay Well, it's a $10 cover charge after midnight Just so you know Okay Right it's free before midnight, and the drinks are free before midnight, too. Mm. Uh, okay. Well, then maybe I won't go to George's Alibi first. <laughs> I did a little research, as you can see. <laughs> I bet you did. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, you can catch reality every Thursday <laughs> at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific, with replays on Saturdays and Sundays at 12 p.m. Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific. You can visit Papa Chulo Radio archives to download this episode and many more. Binge listen to your favorite Papa Chulo Radio programs by visiting papichuloradio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast through iTunes. Just search for reality and subscribe. And every time we get a new show, you will get a notification. Isn't that fabulous? We fancy now. We are fancy. fancy. We are fancy. Speaking of fancy, John Sebastian, tell the kids how they can get in contact with you. The most unfancy way possible on Facebook. Uh, Oh, God. (laughs) 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 Oh, shit. I forgot. Oh, my gosh. Um, Oh, God. Um, What is. Oh, it's something colon. Um, Shit. At GSJ612. Unofficial colon. Unofficial colon. Right. It's your damn email address, not mine. That's what's funny is because my brain has been so many, my brain has been so many other places. Unofficial colon John Sebastian on Facebook and at GSJ six one two on Twitter. Um, I told I have been having brain farts all night long. Mm. That is hilarious. It's time for some alcohol. But you're pretty though. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. And, look, and, <laughs> and you are very observant. And smart <laughs> well, hey, what can I say? Legionnaire, how can the kids get in contact with you? Uh, on Facebook, my handle is Legionnaire Onyx. And on the uh, Twitter and Instagrams, I can be found. My handle is at Legion Onyx. 
And for those faithful listeners to Poppy Chulo Radio, you can catch me on shows like The Rambling Dead, Gladiators Unite, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and The Lion's Den. Shit, you're busy. I'm busy. I do stuff. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you can reach me on Twitter and Instagram at Dom Onyx. On Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash Dom Onyx. Tumblr is the Dom Onyx. And my website is domonyx.com. So you can like reality on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash PCR reality. And you can follow us on Twitter at PCR reality. You can support reality financially by going to gofundme.com slash radio, and you can email us via reality at poppychuloradio.com with any questions, suggestions, comments, or concern. If you're interested in joining the Poppy Chulo team as an on-air personality or blog contributor, you can email us via talent at poppychuloradio.com. So, kids, this has been a fun show. It has. <laughs> Tell, Absolutely. Tell the listeners good night. <laughs> good I'll night, sweet say, lovers. I'll be to say, darlings. Good night, kids, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Reality. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week. <laughs>